Before I get to my next guest, Bill Bergen, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Two Under. Two Under men's performance briefs are the official underwear of the 2021 U.S. Ryder Cup team, the captain and all vice captains. They are worn by more than 30 players on the PGA and Champions Tour. They are also worn by over 70 NCAA Division I colleges and 17 NFL teams. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management, delivering maximum comfort, fit, and performance from the golf course to the boardroom to the bedroom. Find these two underperformance men's briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide, all Shields sports stores, PGA Tour Superstore, Golf Galaxy, and other fine retailers near you. Go online to twounder.com. That's the number two, U-N-D-R.com. Two under performance in your pants. Use code on the T20 for a 20% discount at checkouts. Not valid on items already on sale or NCAA license briefs. Now next on the T with me and making his ninth appearance on the show is Bill Bergen. Bill played his college golf at Auburn University from 1978 to 1981. It was named first team All-SEC every year, and he helped Auburn win the 1981 SEC Championship. His 65 during the 1979 Pan American Tournament still ranks as one of the lowest 18-hole scores in Auburn golf history. He's played in over 250 professional tournaments worldwide, including three U.S. Opens, two Open Championships, and over 50 PGA Tour events. He's now one of the top golf course designers on the planet. He started his own design business, Bergen Golf Designs, and he has designed or renovated courses all over the world. Bill has been involved in well over 70 course design projects. In 2017, he was named one of the top 10 most innovative people in golf. You can see his work by going online to his website, bergengolf.com. And I'm very excited he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Bill, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris. Great to be with you again. And what a nice lineup you've had tonight. Yes, very excited. You talk about an all-star studded lineup, and here you are batting cleanup. Doesn't get better than that, Bill. Uh, I've got a good uh, sit back story. So when I was a, a senior at Auburn, I qualified for the U.S. Open at Ballstraw, and I played my practice rounds with, with Chip Beck and Tim Simpson and uh, some old past champion named Gene Littler. And uh, it was quite an experience, and, and Chip, yeah, as you know, there's not many better and nicer guys than Chip Beck. So uh, he uh, treated me really well when I was a young player, and I appreciate it always. Bill, you've you've got a whole bunch of projects going on. Catch us up. What are some of the things that you're working on now or, or have coming up right around the corner? Yeah, so we are uh, just returning from Santa Rosa Golf and Beach Club, and if you've seen any of the uh, pictures of that course, Everything underneath the ground is basically sugar white sand like you see at the beach in Santa Rosa Beach and Destin and Rosemary Beach and that whole 38 uh, along the Gulf Coast. And you talk about an spectacular medium to work with. And we've taken a golf course that was literally overgrown with trees, had a lot of water hazards, and, and just had this this closed-in feel where the breezes didn't blow and it was hot and kind of muggy, and we've opened this thing up and exposed all this white sand, creating dunes. We've literally recreated dunes that you would see at the beach, and we've put them on the golf course 
framing holes, separating holes. Uh, it's just a, it's just incredible. It's one of the most fun pieces of property that I've uh, been able to work with. And I work, you know, and I work a lot in the mountains. And I love mountain golf and have been really fortunate to work in some incredible environments. But I'll have to tell you, this sand moves really easily. <laughs> and, and we don't have to move any rock or any of that stuff. So it's, uh, it's quite a treat. And Bill, speaking of your uh, affinity for mountain golf, I hear there, uh, is going to be a second 18 up at Macklemore. What's going on there? Well, we are, uh, we are investigating some options and we have, um, an incredible site that, um, we may be working with. Incredible. In fact, it, it could make the, um, it could make the existing 18 pole, which was voted the best new hole, 18 hole in America, built in the last 20 years. Uh, it will rival that with numerous holes like that. Wow. So when do you anticipate kicking off that project? Well, we haven't announced it quite yet, but you know the guys up there. Uh, so we're uh, yep. we're still working on planning, but uh, if everything goes well, we'll probably be uh, doing a little bit of uh, clearing and exposing some of the incredible views this fall. Is that going to be a, a Bergen original, or are you going to have Reese Jones co-design with you? I'll be working with Reese and uh, Steve Weiser, and so we'll keep our team together. You may be aware, my, my buddies and I are going up there next week for our annual golf trip. It's going to be my first first time getting a look at the property and being there at McLemore. I could be more excited or more anxious to play the golf course and the Karen, by the way, uh, to kind of warm up or cool down. Looking looking forward to all of that. So I need, I need a little insider information, Bill. My buddies are probably not listening tonight, so I need to get a little something that, uh, you know, where where should I not hit? Besides not hitting it left on 18, where are some things that I need to be aware of that might give me a little extra insider information? Well, first, leave plenty of time to enjoy the Karen. And it's a, it's a six-hole short course with holes ranging from about 45 to 100 yards. It sits above our new 18th hole on the old 18th hole fairway, and it's right below the clubhouse. So it's the perfect place to grab a beer or a glass of wine or whatever you, you enjoy drinking. Grab two clubs and a golf ball and get out there with your buddies and uh, doing a little needling, uh, give them, giving everybody a little bit of a hard time. And um, kind of putting your money where your mouth is on that little course because it is so <laughs> much fun. Um, and one of my friends just was up there last week, Rob Williams, and he had brought his son and his son's girlfriend up there, and she flew one in the hole on, on one of the holes on the short course. Wow! Eight on the short course. Wow. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a great spot. So you, you want to make sure that you have time to play that. And then on the golf course itself, you know, the, the second hole is just a brute, but it's so beautiful and it's, it's, it's just a great hole, but it's a, you know, a drive down to the bottom of the hill, depending on what tees you're playing, you know, a long enough tee, it's certainly a driver, but if you're up front a little bit, you might lay it, lay it back a little. But the second shot's all over this lake to a, an angled green and it's just, it's just the key hole on the, on the front nine. But the cool thing, that's a very difficult hole. But the great thing about Macklemore is there are tons of birdie opportunities. 
and there are tons of bogey potential bogey. So don't be discouraged because uh, whatever is around the next corner is a new opportunity to to either be greatly challenged or to really be successful. It is not an 18 par type of golf course. Even with the great Nick Faldo, would not be making 18 pars out there. He would be he would be making birdies and he'd be making a few bogeys as well. And Bill, on the Macklemore website, the tagline is "Live Life Above the Clouds." Talk about the elevation of the course, because I've seen pictures where that 18th hole is literally above the clouds. Yeah, so we kind of average out around 2,000 feet above sea level, which is, is phenomenal. It puts us in a great environment. It's warm enough to grow, you know, really good fairway grass, and it's cool enough to have fantastic bent grass green. And, and Ryan Emerson, our, our golf course superintendent, keeps the greens in incredible condition. They were aerated at least a month ago, so they should be spectacular for your visit. So, you know, it's going to be perfect. The conditions will be fantastic for you. Um, the 18th hole parallels the ridge on Lookout Mountain, and it plays alongside of it. And as you probably know, the, the left side of the green drops off about 1,200 feet to the valley below. So it's just kind of awe-inspiring. I know you've seen pictures. Uh, and but what I will tell you is the scale in person is much better than the pictures. And we've got beautiful photography from both Dave Sansom and Evan Schiller, and they've done an incredible job of capturing the golf course. And even when you go in the clubhouse, you'll see all 18 holes with these beautiful professional photographs, uh, which make it look fantastic. But when you get to the 18th, it's just bigger. There's just It's more you know awesome as, a, as a, a, an overused word, but it's kind of awesome. It's just one of those places where you go and just say, wow. So is the elevation up there enough to make the ball travel further? Or is it, is it really yeah, half, similarly half to... Half a club. Oh, yeah, all right. half that's a club. good to know. Right, so that's not a lot, but, but a little bit. Okay, so that's a good inside, inside piece of information. You'll hit your irons just slightly longer than normal. You'll hit your driver a little bit longer. And you've got some, you know, you've got some downhill tee shots where you you can really launch it. The sixth hole is sort of infamous. It's a par five that drops about, oh, I don't know, maybe 150 feet from the landing, from the fairway landing area to the second shot landing area in the green. So it's a big drop off. And what you want to do on that tee shot is keep it left. Hit it down the left side. It has a co-fairway with the ninth hole, so you almost cannot go too far left. And it, over on the left side, you get a great view of the green and the, and the second shot. So hit your ball left off the 16. Left on 6, right on 18. Got that. Protest <laughs> there you go. That's right. Otherwise, it's very straightforward. <laughs> Bill, you and I sort of semi-joke about there needing to be a Bergen Trail through the northwest part of Georgia and maybe eastern Tennessee, similar to the Robert Trent Jones Trail, because now that Life is kind of getting back to normal. I'm really dying to get a big taste of your work. What are the courses in and around this area, maybe even around the country for that matter, where we can go play the Bergen courses? Well, there's a couple of cool triangles. So um, the triangle in, in northwest Georgia would, would consist of Macklemore. And then my newest opening last year, which was Dalton Golf and Country Club, and Dalton is where I won the 1981 Georgia Amateur, and we have put a beautiful golf course on that property. 
uh, incredibly good. Uh, it's just brand new, so it, it just opened up in the late fall. Uh, so it's a baby, but it's, it's quite a uh, terrific golf course. And they're actually playing the first competition on it uh, next week. The North Georgia Invitational, which is a Chattanooga area tournament, is being held at Dalton. And then the anchor of all three might be Chattanooga Golf and Country Club, which is an old Donald Ross that I redid about 15, 16 years ago. And so those three courses would be an incredible trip. And you're only, you know, maximum 45 minutes apart uh, if you stay, you know, stay in the central area, in Chattanooga area. So that's a – or even stay up at Macklemore up on property and then you can go to the other courses. And then we're kind of um, – we're kind of – I wouldn't say we're dominating, but we are very prolific in the northeast Georgia, western Carolina mountains. We're um, just finishing Highland Falls, which has the most unique par 3 you'll ever see. It's a 130-yard par 3 with a 25 to 100 to 3,000 square foot little tiny green with a massive waterfall right behind it and just to the left of the hole. And it is one of the most scenic places you'll ever go. You walk up to that green, and even if you're not playing, you want to go up there and just feel the power of the waterfall right next to the hole. But we have, we have, wild, we have Wildcat Cliffs, which, is, which touches the area. We have Highland Falls, and we're now working on Master Planning Colisagia, which is an Arnold Palmer golf course in the same area. So those three properties actually all touch each other. They're, they, they, they butt up against each other. So I've got three golf courses right there, and along with Sky Valley and Sapphire Valley. So we've got five golf courses all within about 45 minutes in the western Carolina mountains. Bill, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit more about your playing career. And you mentioned your time uh, playing up at Baltus Roll. Uh, so leading up to that, right, you, you play at Bethesda Country Club at, in order to qualify to play in that open at Baltus Roll. You shoot a brilliant opening round, 68. You're competing against guys to qualify in that tournament, guys like Hal Sutton, Dave Stockton, Lee Elder, Bob Gilder, Morris Sotowski, Mike Reed. I mean, a cast of thousands of, uh, of great players. Talk about what that experience was like for you. So you did a deep dive there to get that information. Um, I actually played with Stockton, and that was actually for the 82 U.S. Open at Pebble, but it was at Bethesda Country Club. And I played with Dave Stockton for 36 holes in one day. And you talk about another gentleman. He he was, we both made it, and he, he was rooting as hard for me to make it as he was. And I was, you know, I was a first-year pro that year. But when I qualified for Baltimore, I actually qualified at the Atlanta Athletic Club in, in Georgia. And that was 36 holes on two really hard golf courses. And I ended up being in a playoff with 11 guys, Chris, for 10 spots. Now, you'd think, how could you miss, right? How could you miss that playoff? And if you know the Athletic Club, the first hole at that time, I will, I will put it this way. In the, in the morning round, I hit driver the fairway and a three iron on the green so it's a long par four and so we got one of the tougher holes on the golf course as a playoff hole in the playoff you know again i'm 21 years old i'm at auburn and i i am jacked going into that playoff i am pumped and i'm in the first group and i pound a driver out there and hit six iron into the middle of the green so three clubs different all because of adrenaline hit it in the middle of the green and i make par and i'm like i'm in i'm in the u.s open I made par because somebody 
out of 11 guys is going to bogey this hole. Well, let me tell you, all my playing partners made par. Okay, and you know we were in the first group, so we sit behind the first screen, and the second group comes through, and they all make par. And now I'm going, uh oh. And there were only out of 11 players on this very, very difficult first hole at the Athletic Club Highland Sports, there were two bogeys. So two guys went on to play for one spot, but there were nine pars, no birdie, nine pars. And you talk about, um, you know, one of those things where you bet the house that you're in the U.S. Open, but it got a lot closer than any of us, any of us who made par, uh, wanted it to get. And Bill, fast forwarding a few years, you finished uh, 14th at the Open Championship 1984. That year was played at St. Andrews. That's the year Seve uh, won. But you shot a third round 66, which was tied with Tom Watson and Sam Torrance for the round of the day. Talk about that event and that great third round. Yeah, so the 84, you know, Open is at St. Andrews. And I um, traveled that year a good bit with a friend named Charlie Bowling, who won the South African Open and played on the PGA Tour. And um, and he goes, man, you ought to go try to qualify for the for the British Open, which we called it at the time. And even Tom Watson, who won it five times, called it that. But he said, you should try to go qualify for that. And so I was playing on a tour called the TPS Tour, which was actually the forerunner to the web.com, Corn Ferry Tour. It was the very first sort of second tour run by the PGA Tour. And I, I thought if I was playing well and made some money, I'd go, I'd, I'd go qualify at St. Andrews. So I, I was fortunate to finish second in an event right before I needed to go over to St. Andrews. So I had money and um, we decided to go over and had to qualify at a place called London Link. And I was playing well. I'd finished second the week before. And I go over in the qualifier and I see 71.65 and finish second in the qualifier. So I'm, you know, I was, I was obviously playing well. And the qualifiers on a Sunday and a Monday of the tournament week. And so, um, I, I'm straight into the, into the open championship with only two practice rounds because I didn't get to play on Monday because I was qualifying on Monday. And so, you know, all of a sudden you're playing the old course. And I'll tell you what, the emotions and feelings in golf are sometimes hard to predict. But I stood on the first tee in a practice round with friends of mine. So I wasn't playing with anybody that made me nervous or anything like that. I'm standing on the first tee on Tuesday morning playing at the old course, and I think I was the most nervous I've ever been playing golf on one shot. I just had this adrenaline rush that I can't really quite explain, but I felt just rubbery and, and loose and like I had no club and and it was really an interesting experience. I would imagine seeing it up at Augusta might be similar. Uh, but that was, that was quite an experience. But I, I made the cut on the nose and I played with Nick Faldo on, on, um, on the final round. But the third round, I played with a Scottish guy and I ended up shooting 66, which, as you mentioned, was the low round of the, of the day, but also of the tournament. There were four 66, uh, shot that week. And I had one of them, so I was, you know, really proud of that. It remains one of my more important uh, playing accomplishments. And the final day, I played with Nick Faldo. And the interesting thing there was, um, on Saturday, I shot 33-33 for 66, and then on Sunday, I shot 33 on the front nine. And I went from the cut line to fifth place in just 27 holes. Um, that nine under wow. 27 holes was 
was really, you know, uh, it's the best golf anybody played over 20, you know, over that period. Um, so that was a moment, uh, a moment that I'll never forget. Phil, coming out of the PGA Championship played at Kiowa Island, which was a Pete Dye-designed golf course. And one of the things I read is that Pete likes to trick your eyes about what you think you're seeing at, about distances on shots. Plus, he doesn't always point the tees in the direction that you need to hit it, which is something I've seen other designers do as well. Do you, do you like those things? Is that a, a, an attempt to make us think our way around the course more, strategize more, and not just sort of just go along our merry way and really make us stay focused? Is it a, an attempt to trick us? Talk about why Pete does that and your thoughts about that kind of thing in course design. Yeah, so I was able to play a number of Pete Dye golf courses um, and some of the more noteworthy ones. I, I went to tour school at PPC Sawgrass when it first opened up. It was unplayable. I will tell you that. It was impossible, except for Donnie Hammond. But otherwise, it was impossible. Um, so I played there when it first opened. I played tour school at PGA West, which was uh, obviously a, another renowned golf course. And then uh, some of my favorites, the Honors Course up at Chattanooga is a phenomenal dive course. And then out in Oklahoma, we used to go out for the Oklahoma Open and stay with Bob Quay and play in the tournament out there at Oak Tree. And that's a terrific place as well. And I've played a number of other dive golf courses from Harbortown. And, you know, just, and I really like his golf course. So I like his work. Um, you know, he's unique, uh, certainly in the way he does things. But one of the things I will tell you that he really does, he makes the tee shots look way harder than they are. And there's more room out there than it looks. So he makes you uncomfortable. But yet I feel like driving the ball on a dive course is actually that difficult. There's, there's always more room than it looks. And so, um, driving the ball, you know, is, is really, it's intimidating to the eye. But if you trust yourself, you're gonna you're gonna be successful. But around the green, so so compared to a lot of the modern designers, uh, you know, Fazio or Gil Hands or, or something like that, Dye does tiny greens, much smaller greens, um, and much more angular around the green complexes. So I would say his courses are easier to drive the ball maybe than average, and much harder around the green with a smaller target to play to, and then lots of variety as far as elevation. Tiny bunkers, big bunkers, deep bunkers, uh, volcano bunkers, all kinds of crazy things around the green. Certainly very unique. And so I, I, I love Guy as an architect. I don't particularly model my work after him, although I've been compared with bunkers. Um, some of my bunkers, I would say, compared to Guy fairly well. Um, and I certainly take that as a compliment. But I, I think he's a, um, you know, Hall of Fame architect. I think he, his work on really nondescript bad properties is amazing. I mean, he takes, you know, something from, and, and makes something incredible from nothing. And he probably does that as well as anybody. Bill, at the top of the show, our mutual good friend Tom Patry uh, joined me. And, and I know that uh, you're going to be doing some work down at his winter home course at Crown Colony Country Club in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, talk about what the, that project's going to be all about. Well, how about that? That's a, a really fun um, thing, and I have to thank Tom Patrick for uh, recommending me and for introducing me, introducing me to those guys. And, uh, you know, really fantastic for uh, Tom and I. We'll be able to get to spend some time together. I'm sure he'll have some insights for me on, on, on 
give me a little advice on the golf course, but we have just started master planning that golf course. So we are in the process of developing a long-term plan for its future. My son, Matt, was down a few weeks ago and with his drone and, and shot um, incredibly good topo and aerial photography of the golf course. And so we have a great base, uh, base map information, and we're really looking forward to um, – to our work down there, and it's a it's a beautiful you know South Florida golf course with past Palm fairways and past Palm greens, and um, it's a it's a really nice piece of property to work with. Uh, it will be one that that will uh, suit our style of work very well. Bill, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great projects you're working on and keep track of things, whether it's on your website or it's over social media. Absolutely. So the website's bergengolf.com, but we are more active on social media just because it's so easy to uh, interact on a you know on a daily basis uh, with Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, my Facebook, you know, you can do Bergen Golf Designs or Bill Bergen. The others are Bergen Golf. Just Google Bergen Golf and you'll find them. But we we almost post daily uh, with different things that are going on with us, and we're working on projects all over the southeast. And uh, we're, we seem to be on the road every day and uh, on a different golf course every day. Well, Bill, it's always a thrill to get to spend some time with you. I learn something every single time you're a part of the show. I can't thank you enough for being generous with your time and coming back tonight. I hope we get the pleasure of having you back on the show again soon. Thanks, Chris, and have a blast at Macklemore. I look forward to talking with you after it's over, and you can give me the good, bad, and ugly. And I uh, hope you guys have a blast <laughs> up there. It is an incredible place. It's got its own culture and its own feel. Uh, it is a wonderful place. And I, I tell you what, every time I'm up there, I am very appreciative of that property and Dwayne Horton and the owners and the opportunity to work up there. And, and we're going to, we're going to, uh, make some more special, uh, special spots up there for those guys. I can't tell you how excited I am to be there and see it in person, Bill. I will be glad to follow up with you, and I'm sure I'll t- tell you what a great time we had and uh, how excited we are to go back. Very good. Thanks, Chris. It's always good to be with you. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. That's a great Bill Bergen. And, uh, folks, you want to talk about one of the uh, guys that is destined to be in the Golf Designers Hall of Fame. It's Bill Bergen. His, uh, his courses are beautiful. The vistas are outstanding. And uh, the course conditions, uh, obviously, he turns it over to the superintendent, who also do a great job. But, uh, boy, Bill's uh, stuff is absolutely outstanding. you got to follow him. Bergen Golf. Go to bergengolf.com to check it out online. But give him a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Like he says, he posts stuff almost every single day about pictures for the before and the after and how things are uh, progressing. And they're just beautiful. He needs to come out with a calendar. I keep telling Bill every year, you need to come out with a calendar, Bill, because his golf uh, golf course designs are, are just that beautiful. Folks, before I close up shop tonight, I want to let you know the tickets are on sale now for the Tour Championship here in Atlanta at Eastlake Golf Club. The tournament's going to be held September 2nd through 5th. And folks, Eastlake is one of the most prestigious and beautiful golf clubs in the country. If you've never been to the tournament, you're going to be wowed by the course the amenities, and how well you're treated there. Go online to tourchampionship.com to get your tickets today. 
to watch the top 30 players on tour this season decide who will be the FedEx Cup champion and who walks away with a $15 million first place check. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again to Tom Patrick, Chip Beck, Michelle Holmes, and Bill Bergen for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net, to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. And speaking of which, scheduled to join me next week are 1989 Open Champion Mark Kalkovecchia will be back. 27-time winner on the LPGA Tour, Jane Blaylock will be making her Next on the Tee debut. As will another one of the top instructors in the game, Jim McLean, will also be here. And the wedge guy, Terry Kaler, will be back to update us on how things are going with his Edison wedge line, which, oh, by the way, folks, are the best wedges I've ever played. So it's going to be a great show. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us. Folks, you can stream this show as a podcast on a number of great podcasting sites and apps like Podcast.co, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audioboom, Player.fm, Odyssey. If you've got a favorite podcasting app or site and you're not sure if we're on it, just type in Next on the T in the search bar. We're probably on that site as well. And folks, if you enjoy the show, please do me a favor and go online to PodcastMagazine.com and vote for the show in their Hot 50 list. When you're on that site, click on Hot 50. You're going to see a tab for that right at the top. You're going to get a drop-down list that includes Hot 50 voting. Then click on that. And then just type in the name of the show. You'll see a show uh, field right there. And then right next to it, you'll see a host field. So type in Next on the T and then Chris Mascaro. I would really appreciate your support. Folks, as always, thank you for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I really appreciate the fact that you continue to make Next on the T a part of your golfing content. Until next week. Hit them straight, my friends.